Hey everybody, welcome to episode 249 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from Austin, Texas, and I'm excited to talk today about prep races, races you might do in advance of your big goal race to help you prepare for that race. If you're doing a half marathon in advance of a marathon or maybe a 10K in advance of a half marathon, we're going to talk today about how to appropriately utilize those prep races in order to get the most from your ultimate goal race. That'll be our main topic. I know we're right in that window where a lot of you may either be doing or considering prep races as you prep for races coming up here in the fall. Before we get there, I wanted to give a shout out to the Boston Marathon for releasing their COVID-19 protocols this past week after I released my last episode. They're going to be requiring proof of vaccination or a negative test actually performed at the expo. So you won't be able to get into the Boston Expo until you either produce your vaccination card or actually get a negative test result at the expo itself. So shout out to Boston for those protocols. I appreciate them as someone doing Boston. They've also said that masks will be required on the buses as you head out to the start line. Although from what I understand, I believe masks will not be required actually in the start corral itself. So that's Boston's protocol, very similar to what Berlin is requiring as they're also requiring proof of vaccination or a negative test at the expo. It's a little different from Chicago. Chicago is requiring the same, but you're able to get your negative test on your own up to or within a 72-hour window of the race itself. So slightly different versions of the same things depending on the world major, and I believe London hasn't yet announced their protocols. So all of the majors are, are seemingly trending in a similar direction of requiring vaccination or a negative test in order to compete and it looks like, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that all of those races are slated to actually happen this fall, which should set the tone and create a blueprint for other smaller races to follow, which is great. So I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful that we'll have a relatively normal fall racing season because of these protocols coming to be. And yeah, of course, we'll have to watch and see how things go, but it, it is looking hopeful and I appreciate all the hard work being done by these race directors to make these races happen because I know it's not easy and it's extremely complicated and there's so many different things to sort out. I was personally a little disappointed to see some of the commentary on the Boston Marathon Facebook page when they posted their protocols. There was a lot of negative comment commentary on there people saying that it wasn't enough or it wasn't or if it, or it was too much and and basically there was a subset of the population out there that wasn't happy with the protocols as they came out for one reason or another and that's just frustrating to see for me because look these races have it difficult there is no perfect solution but they're trying to do their best to put these races on for us so I would just say give them grace and and try to put yourselves in their shoes because it is almost an impossible scenario to sort through and make everybody happy. But I appreciate the hard work they're doing. These races are important. They are a big part of what makes the running community 
what it is and without them it's you know as we've as we've been for the last 18 months it's hard to feel the same as a runner without these big events pulling us together so i appreciate everything that those big races are doing and that every race director is doing to try to make races happen this fall because it's been 18 months and we need it we need it badly in my opinion so all signs pointing in positive directions there. And again, I appreciate all the hard work done by race directors everywhere for helping us get these races back on track. And of course, I appreciate all of you that are training for these races and going to support them and and not commenting negatively on Facebook pages because you're just supporting the races and, and knowing that they have a hard path to follow on the road to these races happening so thanks to all of you as well the participants that will go and support okay that's all i have for intro now let's jump into this topic and again i'm hopeful that all races will happen i'm sure there will be some casualties i know new york new jersey marathon has already decided to cancel or move to a virtual option but that seems to be the minority and it looks like we'll have other races happening and if that's true then you're probably asking yourself what should I be doing in terms of prep races to prep for my longer race whether that be a marathon a half marathon maybe a 10k you could could be considering a half marathon a 10k or a 5k respectively to prep for any of those races and what I want to do in this episode is talk about okay how can I get the most from these prep races so that it helps and doesn't hinder my main goal race so we want to make sure that it is additive that it helps and doesn't hinder your journey to your goal race which is a tricky line to follow because if in my opinion if you're building towards one peak if you've sequenced your training properly then all of the pieces are fitting together in a certain way and it is possible to insert a race in there that could derail you or that could take you out of critical training if you don't manage it the right way. So we're going to talk today about how to get the most from these prep races so that it's an additive part of the equation to getting you ready for your primary goal race down the road. But the first question we have to ask is, should I do a prep race? Should I do a prep race? And I've got to be honest, as a coach on this question, I am relatively agnostic. I am relatively agnostic, at least in if I'm speaking in a general sense. If I'm speaking in a general sense about a generic athlete that I don't know, then I'm pretty agnostic about the need for prep races. Yes, they can be a good thing to build towards training for your big race for some people. But also, they can be a distraction. And in many cases, just doing the right training instead can be just as an important part of the equation to build towards your goal race. So the point here when I'm speaking of the generic is that there are multiple potential paths to getting your goal. And as a coach who's been doing this for a long time, I've seen athletes do prep races and have that be an additive part of their build to their goal race and ultimately get their goal. I've also had athletes not do prep races and had the training that they needed to get to their goal race and still get their goal. 
So I've seen it happen both ways. And I understand as a coach that you can, you can navigate the path to success either way. It, there is not a better way, you know, doing prep races can get you there. Not doing prep races can also get you there. So you can still make both paths work. Now, the question then becomes, okay, if I'm going to consider a prep race, then what would be the reasons for doing it? What would be the reasons for including that in my path? And so when I, when I talk about prep races typically and or have a perspective on whether someone should do a prep race, then it very much comes into in the context of that individual's specific needs, goals, path, details around their background, all of the specifics around an individual athlete come into play when considering whether or not to do prep races. So in the generic, I, I don't care. Either path can work. But in the specific, then there are perhaps nuances that come into play that might lend me to tell one athlete to consider doing a prep race Whereas perhaps for someone else, I might say, eh, not necessary. So before we get too far down the path of how do we use these prep races, then the first question becomes, why would I do it? Does it have a purpose in my specific training as an individual athlete? And you've got to be able to answer that yourself, answer that with your coach. And so as I think about it, there are probably more reasons why you might do a prep race But as I think about it, here are some examples of why I might tell someone to do a prep race. One reason would be if we need a good fitness test for them to determine what they might be ready for on race day itself to help us hone in on a race specific plan. And you can get that from training, certainly, but sometimes the best way to do that, especially maybe for somebody who hasn't raced in a while, is to get data from a race itself, whether that be a 5K, 10K, or half, depending on the distance you might be shooting for. Ultimately, if we need information and we need more data points on fitness, then a prep race can be a good way to get that because it's an opportunity to go all out and see where you are and then use that to inform your discussions about your target goal race itself. Now, again, you don't necessarily need that, but for some people who maybe haven't raced in a while or who don't have the data points that they want, this could be a way to get it. Now, I'll talk in a minute about how to decide whether to race a prep race all out versus use it as a training opportunity because there's multiple paths on that side of the equation as well. But this is one of the reasons why you might choose to do a prep race as a way to assess fitness, to do a fitness test of sort of sorts to see what you might be ready for on on the day. Another reason to do a prep race might be because you need the racing practice. Whether you've raced recently or not, there are some people that might struggle with the mental side of racing and need to get their feet wet again with that or use a prep race as an opportunity to practice some of the elements that show up on race day. And we'll talk later about what 
the pieces of that might be. It could be the mental side. It could be the physical side. It could be the gear side. It could be just dealing with the nerves and anxiety of the day so that when you show up on your goal race, you've had a chance to get some of those those nerves out, deal with some of that anxiety prior so that it's less of a challenge for you on race day itself. And so a second reason is to simply get some racing practice, whatever that might look like for you, so that you can take that practice and apply it on on the day of the race itself. Another reason to do a prep race might be to get a real live opportunity to to practice execution. So drilling down into that second reason, a little bit more specifically, some people struggle with execution, with being able to run a certain pace on race day, on the race day that matters. And so you might do a prep race as an opportunity to practice your race plan of sorts, to do a simulation of your race so that you have to go out with all the adrenaline and all the chaos and all the people around you and execute that race strategy as a dress rehearsal of sorts so that when you get to the day that matters, you're more likely to execute it effectively versus letting all of that energy and adrenaline overtake you and which could cause you to go out too fast. So execution and practicing execution is another part of that point about practice. Another reason we might do prep races is simply because somebody has a really, a really compelling reason or a really big connection to an event and they want to not miss that opportunity to be connected to an event. And, and it could come in a lot of different forms. You know, there are certain races in the Austin area that are a, uh, that are iconic parts of our community and and they're races that you want to do every year to support the bigger community and that when you do them you have this opportunity to connect to something bigger than yourself and it gives you energy that feeds your training and so that's another reason to do a prep race is if there's some sort of reason iconic element to a race that draws you to it that is going to give you some energy back to take with you into your training. I can tell you this coming Friday here in Austin, we've got, I think, our first live race in 18 months coming up here on September 10th. It's called the Zilker Relays. It's been around for more than a decade here in Austin, probably close to 15 plus years here in Austin, it's a four by two and a half mile relay that happens in Zilker Park, which is a big park here near downtown Austin. And so it's a relay team event, typically happens on a Friday and it's hot, but we get out there, we run hard for two and a half miles in relay fashion. And then we have tacos, listen to live music, and typically have some adult beverages afterwards to kind of celebrate the community. And that's a race that if, if I'm here and capable I'm going to do every year and while it isn't necessarily a specific prep race for the Boston Marathon that I have coming up it's an opportunity to go out and run hard and see where I'm at and compare my fitness to past years when I've done that race but more than that it actually just makes me feel like I'm a part of that bigger community it's it's me contributing to the community by participating in in an iconic event 
that is quintessentially Austin in our running community. And so it gives me more than really I believe I give on the day because it helps fuel my fire in training, helps fuel my fire as I lead towards my target race. And if you have a race like that, for whatever reason, that is speaking to you, then that can be a compelling reason to do to do the race. And then, you know, and then from there, you got to make a decision about how you want to manage that race, how you want to treat that race so that it doesn't distract from your bigger training picture and goals. But that's another reason to do a race is if you're personally really connected to it. So those are four reasons. There are others out there. It could be a fitness test. It could be about practicing execution. It could be about practicing some other elements. And it could be just something that you're connected to for whatever reason that's going to give you more than you give yourself on the day. And those are four compelling reasons to do something. They're, they're worthy of making a decision to do a prep race. And again, there may be others out there, but you want to make sure that if you're going to do a prep race, that you have a compelling reason, that you're not just shoehorning it in because you think you should. Don't just do a prep race to do a prep race. You should always approach it with the idea that I'm doing this for a specific reason because I need something that will help add to my training picture in this prep for my big goal race. So make sure you have that purpose. I talked about some of those examples. You may have others, but don't just do it to do it. Do it with purpose as with anything in your running journey. So then that's the first question. Why am I doing it or should I do it? The second question is, okay, once I've decided to do a prep race, then it becomes a question of how do I treat this race? And there are basically two paths here. One is race it all out. Treat it like that sort of fitness test that I that I described. And I'm going to talk about reasons why you might do that and you know some considerations if you decide to race it all out. And then and then the other path, which is to treat it as a training race. This is an opportunity not to go all out, not to give everything on the day, but rather use it as a specific training opportunity that might include some practice elements that will help prepare you for the big day down the road. And the path you choose is going to be dependent partially on your purpose for the day, but partially on how it might fit into your broader training picture so that you don't allow it to disrupt from that broader training picture. So I'm going to take those two things in turn, and then I'm going to talk about at the end some elements that you should be considering no matter which path you choose of these two paths. But starting with that first path, if you're going to race it all out, if you're going to race it all out, great. That is a perfectly good thing to do. And by the way, I should mention that these, these prep races, if, if you're going to optimize where they fit in your training, then typically for a marathon, you're going to want to do a half marathon anywhere from four to eight weeks out from your target marathon so that it doesn't get too close and disrupt some of that taper phase. Or if you're training for a half marathon, doing a 10K, three to six weeks out is the window that typically is optimal for that type of prep. 
if you're doing a 10k you could do a 5k anywhere from two to three or four weeks out depending on where it might fit overall but that's sort of the window and so if you're if you're racing all out you want to make sure first of all that it falls within that window and and mainly that simply so that you you allow it to be most informative so it's in a window where you're relatively fit you're you're probably in that race specific phase of training so your fitness is coming to its peak and so it's going to be relatively informative because you're pretty close to peak fitness even if you haven't optimized for that specific distance so it's going to give you a good data point because your fitness is where it needs to be it's also going to be additive to your training because you are in that race specific phase and then finally it's going to allow you to hopefully manage the time frame in a way and the the fit within your broader training in a way that it doesn't cause you to be in a bad place for your race itself so you want to be far enough out that it doesn't disrupt the actual race itself or, or affect your recovery for it or your taper for it while also still being within a window where your fitness is pretty good so that it can be informative to the race the big race itself so make sure it fits in that window the other thing to to think about and consider when racing a race all out is how it fits into your broader training picture how it fits into your broader training picture and it's difficult people ask me all the time well what happens if i'm racing this race how do i adjust my training again that's hard to answer in the generic because there's going to be a lot of different a lot of different scenarios for this and each individual athlete's different each individual training program is different the timing is going to be slightly different perhaps depending on where that prep race falls and so it's impossible to answer that in the specific but or in the generic without being specific to an individual but the main overarching theme here is that you want to make sure that it's that it's not disruptive as much as possible to your bigger training picture and that means that it doesn't disrupt big workouts that it doesn't disrupt big long runs or at a minimum that you make adjustments to those things either moving them around or maybe eliminating some things altogether so that you're able to do the race and then recover properly off of it and so you know for example something that might look like is in the week of your prep race not doing the main quality or the main speed workouts that you might have because that's going to distract from the prep race itself or potentially push you over the edge if you do both potentially also you can look at trying to slot these prep races into a down week for your long run so that it doesn't disrupt or distract from some of those bigger long runs and then the other thing is you have to listen to your body both coming into it and coming out of it and so while you might make those adjustments on paper and in theory and say you know you, you might move this long run around or you might slot this race into a down week in a way that theoretically isn't going to disrupt some longer runs around it even if in theory it all looks good on paper but then you get to it you do the race and then that week afterwards you're struggling because you're not managing your recovery in the right way right way or maybe your body just saying hey this was too much 
then you have to make those real-time adjustments afterwards so that you don't compound that recovery situation. So it, it requires both a theoretical look at your training and also in real time, making real-time adjustments based on how you actually feel going into and coming out of these races. And that's not to say that you can't do it and then get right back to training because that can be possible if you manage it well. But it's to say that if that doesn't happen for whatever reason, even given your best recovery methods or your best intentions, then you still need to listen to your body, talk to your coach if you have one, and make adjustments coming out of it so that you don't bury yourself at a point, at a critical point in training where you need to make sure you're you're getting the benefit of the work. And the only way to get the benefit of the work is if you're recovered to recovered enough to do it. So just consider the adjustments, both, theor- both theoretically and then in reality once you get into it. And so those are the, the two main considerations is the window, the time window, and making sure it's not too close to race day. And then just the adjustments that you might need to make to move things around. And you might have to give up some big workout or long run on your schedule in order to race something all out. And that's an okay trade-off to make if you believe that this prep race is important as a part of the bigger picture. And it's better to make that trade-off, cut out a long run, do the training race or the prep race instead if that's where you believe you need to put your emphasis and then, you know, go about your training and, and do the other elements, but take out as needed so that you don't overdo it. Because if you bury yourself because of a prep race, that's one way that it can be a distraction or take away from your big goal race down the road. So those are two elements to consider timing and how it fits with your training. And then once you've decided, once you've slotted in, once you've made your adjustments, then it's time to go for it. And this is where things get interesting because while I want you to, if you're doing a prep race and racing it all out, I want you to consider the bigger variables. And obviously your big goal race, the one you've been training for all along is most important. So you never want to prioritize a prep race over the big A goal race. But at the same time, once you slot it in, once you find the spot for it, then I do believe, and once you consider how it fits into your training and all of that, I do believe you have to put blinders on and then approach that prep race if you're racing it all out as a distinct event, as a distinct event on the day in the moment. This doesn't apply before as you're planning it doesn't apply afterwards once you have to recover and then get ready for the ultimate goal race but in that window when you wake up on race morning I want you to treat it like a distinct event and give it everything you have on the day because that's going to allow you to get the most from it if that's your purpose if you're going for it if you're trying to race all out if you're using this as a sort of fitness test then it's going to be most beneficial for you as that if you treat it as a distinct event and if you go for it, if you give your all on that day. And so when you get to it on race morning, you got to put your blinders on, forget about the future and go for it. Give it its due, which means of course, doing everything in prep for that prep race. That's going to allow you to put your best foot forward. Thinking about food the night before sleep that week of thinking about 
the race execution plan and strategy for the specific day, optimizing for that distance. It means bringing your best mental elements to play. It means thinking about your nutrition and hydration strategy and how those can be optimized for that distance. And so if you're going to do it, if you're going to go for it, if you're going to use a prep race as a fitness test, as a way to see where you are, then, then give it its due. Don't shortchange it. Because I've seen that happen before. You think, well, this isn't my A race, so I can take some shortcuts, or maybe I won't sleep as well the night before, or maybe I won't do the things I would normally do to make sure my legs were ready to go. Don't don't shortchange it. If it's going to be a fitness test, if it's going to be something you're going for, then go for it. Give it its proper due. Show up with your game face on. And do all the things that you would normally do if that were your big goal race. Because that will give you the most information. If you're able to put your best foot forward, it'll give you the most information. Regardless of how that race goes. Regardless of how that race goes. And So if you're doing it, do it right. And then take that data and let it inform what goes ahead. And of course, once you're done... With the race, then obviously you got to get back on recovery, make sure you're able to get back into training, adjust training as needed based on how you respond. Of course, you've got to then quickly look ahead to the race that matters. But in that window of those few days before and then that window of time when you're actually in the race itself, treat it like a distinct event. Give it its all. Give it its full due because that's only how you're going to get the most from it. So that's how you think about it if you're treating it like a race. If you're treating it like a training opportunity, and I think this is an underrated way to use prep races, is to treat it like a training opportunity where you're not racing all out, but rather trying to execute a specific plan that's going to help you practice for your race itself coming up down the road, as well as get a potential training and physiological benefit. If you're treating it as a training race, which is as worthy a way to do this as anything else, then let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that might look like. First thing would be to define your goals for it as a training race. We've talked about purpose already. So you, if you're making this choice, then this is a choice that's driven by a purpose that's that's associated with practicing something, with getting something out of it that isn't about testing your fitness. And so reflect on that and then make sure you bring to bear a plan for the race that's going to allow you to practice that in full. Now, there's still a couple of caveats here because typically when I when I have someone doing a training race, I want them to at least accomplish two things, at least accomplish two things. And there'll be maybe more in the context of your world, but at least to accomplish two things. One is to execute the plan given. One, execute the plan given, which is easier said than done. And that's not to say that you won't make mistakes because this is an opportunity to make mistakes and learn. But there are some people that get into a race and get caught up in the energy of the moment and or maybe chasing somebody that's in their age group and their ego won't let them just let them go. And so in, in, the, in some situations, people make the mistake of getting sucked into something else. 
And instead of trying their best to execute a plan that isn't racing all out, then they get sucked into the race and end up doing something completely different than the plan, in which case they're not achieving the purpose of the day and therefore not learning the things they're trying to learn. So so one goal is always to execute the plan as given, as decided by you and or your coach. The second thing is I want you to always, always finish strong. Always, always finish strong. I personally believe that the more times you can show up on race day, regardless of how you treat the opening miles, regardless of whether this is a full-on race or a training race, if you can establish the consistent feeling of finishing strong, of crossing that finish line faster than how you started, then that only helps you in execution and other races down the road. And so whenever I write someone a plan for a prep race, it always, always gives them license in maybe just the final mile, sometimes more than that, to go for it and run as hard as they want at the end to finish strong. Because I want you to reinforce that idea that when I'm going towards the finish line, then I'm cutting down my pace. I'm giving everything I have, whatever that is in that moment. And so that is always, always a secondary goal. One, execute the plan. Two, finish strong. Those two things, if done appropriately, even with some mistakes, will help you then prep for your goal race down the road. So those are the two goals. One thing you have to do as a part of executing those two goals is let go of your target time. Let go of your target time. And this can be really hard for people because, again, I mentioned you might want to chase that person you usually compete with in your age group. You might want this to show up in the race results a certain way with a certain time associated with it. But if you're going to treat a prep race as a training race, you got to let go of the overall time. You've got to set your ego aside and not focus on what the gun says at the end. And that's hard to do. So it's important to recognize that, especially if you're someone who might struggle with letting go of that. And, and then set it aside so that you can focus on executing the plan as well as, of course, finishing strong. So that's your first step is really understanding what you're trying to accomplish if you're treating this as a training race. And then secondly, once you have the, those goals in mind, then you need to come up with a plan. You need to come up with a plan. And that plan should include obviously executing the elements that you're trying to work on. Typically, that's going to include some time running at race pace for your target race for the longer distance. So if I'm doing a prep race, a training race in a half marathon for a marathon, then typically I'm going to try to run marathon pace for part of that as an opportunity to practice. Another thing I like to include into my, my training race plans is an opportunity to, to practice my start for the big race down the road. So practice starting slower than your target pace, working down to that target pace. And then typically also I like to see you, as I mentioned, finishing faster, finishing strong. And so there's a lot of different ways you can configure 
a plan associated, at least a pacing plan associated with a training race. There's, there's infinite possibilities, but typically I like to see it in some sort of graduated progression, some sort of opportunity to chunk up that race in different bites so that you can execute those chunks in sequence and then finish strong at the end. So it might include a start simulation where you're starting slower than, than target race pace for your A race. And then you might then hold target race pace for a period of time. And then you might at the end have some sort of free form progression where you can just finish strong as strong as you might have available left at the end. So I'll give you an example of that. And this is something that I've written recently for a couple of athletes in my world. But you might, for example, run if you're running a half marathon in preparation for a marathon, you might spend the first three miles starting at marathon pace plus 30 to 45 seconds, working down to something a little bit slower than marathon pace, maybe marathon pace plus 15 to 30 seconds, holding that for a few miles or up to potentially six or seven miles into the race. And then from there, executing marathon pace for a chunk of time. And then after 10, finishing strong at the end with whatever you have left. And typically that last segment is completely free form. As I said, you can finish as strong as you want based on whatever you had, but it's a tightly defined period of the race tightly defined chunk of miles so that you can't overdo it because what I'm trying to do within a training race is give you the opportunity to practice a race pacing practice starting for your a race but then also make sure we're not overdoing it so that you so that you can use this as a workout a progression workout of sorts that doesn't bury you that allows you to then recover quickly and bounce back into training fairly seamlessly And if it were a 10K for a half marathon in prep, you might start closer to marathon pace, work down to half marathon for the middle miles, and then finish the final one or two miles faster than that with whatever you have left. So it might be something where you chunked it up into two-mile segments, three two-mile segments in a 10K with a strong finish. And that's... The typical workout I like to prescribe if we're using races as, as training opportunities. In addition to that, you also want to consider the other parts of your plan. So maybe you're using this as an opportunity to practice the gear that you're wearing, to practice the nutrition and hydration you might be using on race A. Whether or not you might actually typically use it for that race distance, you might actually practice nutrition just like you would at least for a subset of your your big goal race so that you can see if it works, so that you can practice just taking it in. Maybe it's not about the energy that you're getting. Maybe it's just about being able to put food in your mouth going certain paces so that or gels in your mouth going certain paces so that you can just practice that experience. So there may be other parts of the plan. You want to make sure you're considering all of those elements and then putting them together into a, a training race plan so that you can learn the things you need to learn and then carry that forward to your big goal race. So those are things to think about. The last thing I would mention on, on in terms of training races is that there may be an opportunity, depending on how you treat 
the training race part of it itself, there may be an opportunity or need to add mileage. So oftentimes for marathon training, if I've got someone doing a half marathon in prep, I'll have them do that graduated progression and then maybe add a little longer warm up and a little longer cool down so they're getting potentially 16 to 18 miles total on the day. So it can essentially be a long run workout if you add it all together. Rarely would I have someone do fully a uh, full 20 miles on a day like that because I wouldn't want to overdo things, but it's not uncommon for me to give someone 16 to 18 miles total that they might add before and after in order to basically make it like a long run workout. And so you're, you're able to kill two birds with one stone. Use that as a prep training and prep race while also still getting a long run in on the day. So that's something else to, to think about. And, and so that, that's how you think about a training race. Again, you don't have to go all out. You can think about it in some sort of progression that allows you to practice your target race paces, that allows you to practice your start and practice your finish by finishing strong. And so think about that as an, as an alternative when you're thinking about prep races. Lastly, I want to talk about some things to consider no matter what, whether you decide to race it all out or whether you decide to treat it as a training race. Let's talk about some some general things to think about no matter what. First of all, again, getting back to this idea of practice, you want to, this is a racing opportunity. So you want to make sure you can practice the elements that you can, again, regardless of how you're treating it. And that would include practicing the gear that you might use ultimately on race day, the singlet, the shorts, the sports bra, the body glide, the handheld water bottle or the waist belt water bottle, depending on what you might be using for hydration. If you are using something like that, practice the pieces that you're going to wear, the shoes, practice all those pieces because this is a chance to race. You might as well use it as a dress rehearsal of sorts. And so make sure that you've in practice prior to that in training prior to that sort of sorted out what might work and this is a chance to put it all on put it all together and see how it works and of course if you learn something you might learn that these shoes for give you blisters or that you didn't put body glide in all the right places those are lessons that you can take forward and then apply to the big day itself so make sure you're using this as an opportunity to practice all of your gear as i mentioned that is inclusive of any nutrition and hydration strategies. Depending on how you're treating this, you might choose to execute your nutrition and hydration the same way you would for your longer race, whether or not you need it, so that you can at least practice how you take it in, practice putting it in your mouth, putting it down, making sure it sits all well with your stomach along the way. This is just a chance to practice exactly what you might want to do on the big race day but in a smaller window and I get it sometimes that's not practical and if so that's okay but just think about that element and what you want to to practice or what you still need to experiment with so that you can learn something from it and then of course a big part of this is practicing the mental side of the equation you know that's going to be important in any race this prep race included but of course specifically for your big goal race. And so you want to think about what are the tools that you need to bring to your big race 
and put those mental tools to work. That includes mantras that might be relevant for you. Again, I always recommend thinking about rhythm mantras for those moments in the race when you should be relaxed and smooth. And I always talk about thinking about fight mantras for those moments in the race where it's time to to grit through the pain and finish strongly. Bring those mantras to the table for your prep race so that you can put them to work, practice them, and see what resonates with you. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to use them for your big day, but they'll at least help you gravitate and latch on to something that could likely help you on race day itself. Think about the other tactics for mental preparation. Another one I talk about is, is a relaxation routine, being able to go through in the, in the heat of the race at, in the, the peak moments where you're going all out, being able to work from top to bottom, head to toe, thinking about relaxing different parts of your body so that you can be smooth and efficient when the pain comes. That could be something else that you practice during your prep race. I, I always like to bring out my counting trick and tool. That's something I use typically in the late stages, usually with a mile or two miles to go, is counting to 30 or counting to 60 and repeating that because when I'm focused on the numbers, I'm less focused on the pain. It's something I usually practice in my prep races. I practice sometimes in workouts so that when I pull that out on race day, it's 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 honed and ready to go for me. So practice the mental elements that you're going to bring to your target race as well. And then final two thoughts. Final two thoughts that are sort of overarching to this discussion. One is that you need to have a short memory. You need to have a short memory. No matter what happens on the day, regardless of it goes if it goes perfectly or if it or if you struggle and have challenges. Regardless of how it goes, you've got to have a short memory. Focus on it. Give it everything you have on the day. And then take your lessons and move on. Because you don't want this to mentally become a thorn in your side that's going to affect your big day. So you have to take it for what it is. It's a moment in time. It's a data point. It's an opportunity to practice. It's an opportunity to learn Use it in that way, reflect and take your lessons from it in the end that you can carry forward that will help you, that will be additive to your big day, but then let it go. But then let it go. I've seen people hold on to bad days. I've seen people let opportunities pass them by to learn because they get stuck or hung up on perhaps the mistakes that they made instead of translating those mistakes into lessons that can actually help them move forward and help them in the race that matters. And so make sure you don't let that become your storyline. Don't let something that happens in a prep race derail you from the race that matters. So do it, get it done, give everything in that moment, whether it be to race all out or to execute your plan and then identify and call out the mistakes or things didn't go well. Associate those with lessons that you can take forward. Turn them into positives that will be additive, that will help you going forward, and then let it go. You have to have a short memory 
associated with prep races. And if you're worried about that, if you're worried that you can have a short memory, that could be a reason not to do it in some cases. But either way, you've got to have a short memory. Take your lessons and move on. Because if, no matter what, no matter what happens, regardless of whether the race goes well, regardless of whether the execution of the race went well, regardless of what happens on that day, it can be a success if it helps inform lessons and strategies that are going to help you get your goal when it matters. And believe me, I've done all sorts of prep races. I've had good ones. I've had bad ones. And then I've gone on to have great races regardless. And so don't let this derail you. Take your lessons. Put Then put all your energy and focus moving forward so that you can take those lessons and make it count when you're going for the big goal. That's the ultimate reason why a prep race could be beneficial for you is if the lessons from it help you ultimately achieve your goal. So make sure the focus is there once you're done. All right, that's it. I'm excited to be talking about races again. I'm talking, I'm excited to be talking about prep races. I'm excited to be talking about real races coming here in the fall. I hope you have at least one to go do. Definitely. We all need to support those races out there. But I'll wrap this episode here and wish you all luck in any upcoming races you might have. As always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next week, we'll talk to you soon.